We're glad you're here with us today on the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We pray God's word speaks to your heart today as Pastor Chapman Laxton shares the word with us. I'm really excited to start this new series. Uh, and I think the reason why I'm, I'm really excited to start this Wonderful Life series is, is just because even just what I was just praying, even as we were just singing that last song, we, we miss out on, on, on the reality that, that there's a simple thing that we've been created for. It just really is. It's, just, it's, it's a simple thing. And, and I, know, I know life has a lot of non-simple things, a lot of unsimple things. Uh, but, but we were created by God to have a certain kind of life. And, and it's a wonderful life that God's created us to enjoy. Um, you know, and I, and I know for a lot of people in here, um, you, you get what I'm talking about, but I know that there's some, I know that there's parts of our lives that we, we're still trying to, God, what can I expect for this part of my life? I get it. I've been called to a, to a great life. I get it. God, I've been called to a life and life more abundantly. I get it. God, my, my life should be getting better, but God, what, how? Wonderful life, how? And, um, and I just, I want to I wanna kind of lay the foundation for this because, you know, how we came about this series, um, it was just me and Pastor and, and Mel, we just were in the office and, you know, we just came through the Christmas season, we were going through the Christmas season, and we were just talking about the different things we were looking forward to and Project Christmas and all that, and we just got talking about different movies, you know, different Christmas movies that, that we watch a certain time of the year, and, uh, and we got to talking about this movie, you can go ahead and put Put the slide up, the, the slide for the, the movie. This movie right here. Um, it, 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 it's a Wonderful Life. And for those of you uh, that, that haven't seen this movie, um, you know, uh, James Stewart's character up here at the top, and if you don't know who James Stewart is, that's the guy that shot Liberty Valance. Um, and if you don't know who Liberty Valance is, I'll have to talk to you after service because you're missing out. Um, but, but James Stewart's character in, in this movie, It's a Wonderful Life, it has reached a point in his life where he's at the end of his rope. And, and regardless of, of, of some of the good things that have happened, he just has found himself in a position where he doesn't know what else to do. And, and, he's, and he's quite literally on a bridge getting ready to, to take his own life. And, and, and we, can, we can talk about the, uh, the validity of Scripture in, the, uh, in how God sends an angel to come. And, but, but an angel comes and, and shows George Bailey, James Stewart's character, what the lives of the people around him would have been like, his community around him would have been like, had he truly not been born, because that's, that's where he's come to. He's, he, my life is worthless. I, I wish that I would not have been born. And, and I just feel like, and while, and while this is, this I think is the, a great depiction of what a lot of our Facebook's posts look like, even while we're in that place, you know, I'm sure his, his and in the movie, his, you know, his family and his friends see that he's going through some things, but you know, on the outside, you see that picture and you're like, wow, I would have never thought. I would have never, I would have never thought that, 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 that he was, 
I would have never known that. And, and this is how a lot, of, a lot of unsaved people and a lot of saved people live their life by what's on the outside looking in and not really having an understanding of the wonderful life that's available to them. See, there's a wonderful life that's available to us, but it requires us to have a godly perspective to be able to see it. See, George Bailey couldn't see it. And even though along the way he had, he had done a lot of things, sacrifice, made, made sacrifices, that, I mean, I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody who might want to watch the movie. He's, and so it's, it's hard for me to not, you know, spoiler alert, you know, and then cut this out for anybody who's listening, sorry, on the podcast. But, you know, he, he's made these sacrifices along the way and he's come to a place because of circumstance because, where, he, where he just, he regrets why did I stay around this place? Why have, I, why have I given myself to this? We could have done this. I could have done that. I could have been here. I could have done there. You know, oh, I just wish my life could have been. God, why, why my life like this? There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us that while we recognize the goodness of God, we struggle with seeing, God, how can I have a wonderful life? God, how can I the only way that you or I will ever come to a place where we are thankful for the life that God's given us is if we get a godly perspective that there's a wonderful life. A wonderful life is what God intends for you to live. A God, a God intends for you to have a wonderful life because your life in itself is a miracle. Your life in itself is a miracle. What it took, I, I like to play this game sometimes just with myself. What it took to get Chapman Laxton to Christian Ministries Church, Southwest Missouri, is a miracle, whether you like me or not. Whether you think I'm a miracle or not, whatever. But what it took, the events and the things that happened to get me to this place, and I'm not even talking about the stage right now. Just to get me here is a miracle. And I could walk you through some of the things that have happened in my life, some of the choices that I made, some of the bad choices that I made that God worked around. And I could walk you through and say, that's God, that's God, that's God, that's God, that's God. But if I didn't show you a godly perspective, you would look at my life and go, ugh. But I know if I go throughout the room, we could all do that with one another. The things, the, 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 the struggles, the triumphs, the, the just the choices. Not, I'm not even talking about good or bad, just the choices. If you, if you haven't, didn't listen to my message on Sunday, the goals that we've set, the goals that God's called us to, it's a miracle. Our lives are miracles. But we've got to come to the place that we see that from God's perspective. We have to live our life from a place where we're not expecting another person's life to be our life. If God would have called another person to someone else's life, he would have made two of that person. But God didn't make two of that person. He made me and he made you. He made all of us separate. 
But in every single one of our stories, his, pers- his perspective, if we'll get it, will reveal to us that it's a wonderful life. I, I want to read a, a scripture to you guys that, that is that, that, that we, we have to get if we're going to understand this. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. See, you can live your life down and out, focused on the negative, stuck, stagnant, and depressed, believing that God has left you, therefore there's nothing left for you and no hope for you. Or you can live your life through the lens that says, even though it's an undeniable fact that I have gone through hard things, hard times, there's a wonderful life that God has for me in it. See, in spite of the pain of this life, I choose to live. Or, spitefully, I can live rejecting the wonderful God that we have. In spite of the pain, I can choose to live or I can live spitefully and reject the wonderful life that God has. It's our choice. It's our choice. And, and please hear me. It, it takes time. It takes maturity. It takes getting in the word. Getting it. Matthew eleven fifteen. 15, Jesus is, is, keeps saying this to the people. He who has ears, let him hear. He wasn't talking to anybody who didn't, oh, you don't have ears, well, this ain't for you. No, what he's saying is, those who choose to listen to what I'm saying, listen, and it's not just the audible sound going into your ears, it's I am going to choose to live my life with this perspective, that there's a wonderful life, that there's a wonderful life. And, and, and please hear me, it, Again, it takes time. It takes effort. Luke 17, verse 20. And this, this was kind of, as I was just was really thinking, this really gets to the heart of, of, of what I was, was feeling about this series. And Luke 17, verse 20. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. The Pharisees in this passage of scripture couldn't grasp that the kingdom of God is already available. See, George Bailey couldn't grasp it. He couldn't grasp that a wonderful life is right. While he's living, a wonderful life is available. He couldn't get it. He couldn't get it. Now praise God, an angel came in it. Can you get it? Can you hear? Can you see and live in a way that it doesn't require for you to have to have? Y'all with me? You're following? I think you guys are following me. There's a lot of people, saved and unsaved, that just don't get it. You could be living a wonderful life if you would just begin to view your life the way God wants you to view it. 
See, if God opened up heaven and opened up all the blessings of heaven for you, what makes you think that he wouldn't intend for you to have a wonderful life? If God made a way for everything in heaven to be opened and made available to you, including himself, why do you think that a wonderful life, that's not for me? Consider 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. If God was willing to purchase your body and make it into the temple of the Holy Spirit, what makes you think any less of your life than what God does? That was the purpose of God, to want to have relationship with us He said, I'm going to send my son and I'm going to create for them where my spirit can get inside of them and I want them to have a terrible life. I want my spirit to be inside of people who hate their lives. I want my my spirit to be inside of people and I want to open up all of heaven and then I want them to live for however long, miserable. That's not how God wants us to see our lives. And, and, and here's what happens. We come through the Christmas season and we, we get inspired. We hear the, we, we hear the music. We, we watch the movies and we get, we get inspired to, oh, life is this gift and life is so precious and life is, and then it gets to February and we're like, man, taxes are coming up and golly, I don't know if I'm wanting, oh, where's that bridge at that Jordan Bailey was getting ready to hop off of? We've got to keep this perspective and not relegate ourselves to December being the time where, oh, God, thank you for my life. God, thank you for the community of people. God, thank you. We've got to give ourselves over to this perspective. God wants us to give our lives to him. That's why he bought them. Why are we trying so hard to hold on to our lives from the perspective of other people and how we think other people might view them? That's why we're missing that it's a wonderful life. That's why we're missing it. It's because we're spending our time asking God to get behind us and follow us instead of asking God to lead us. That's why we're missing the wonderful life. God, you march me up this mountain, God, and, and keep your blessing behind me and, and, and brace me as I'm walking up this. That's why we're missing the wonderful life. We're trying to climb mountains. that We're not, that's not, we're not going that direction. Or we're trying to climb mountains that God's telling us, speak to that and tell it get out of your way. You're wasting too much time. You're wasting too much time of this wonderful life climbing a mountain that you just need to speak to until it get gone. See, I don't want you to miss this point. There's a lot of people that get so worked up because their lives aren't meeting their expectations, but they're meeting God's. I'm going to say that again because I feel like you're meeting God's expectation. But because you're not meeting your own expectation or the expectation that you view through someone else's eyes, 
you're just frustrated with your life. If I could have that car, if I could have that job, if my kids could look like that, if my wife could look like that, if I could look like that, if I could. You are missing God's expectations of a wonderful life that you could have and could be enjoying because you're trying to live through the lens of somebody else's expectations. And, and let's just be honest where those expectations come from. They come from the enemy. They come from the enemy. You're looking right over the wonderful life because the enemy's got you. Well, that looks pretty good over there. Look, you followed God to this place. You followed God here. He's led you here. He's, he's prepared a place. He's got you in a nice, you're doing exactly what he's called you to do. And all of a sudden, we start getting wondering eyes. Boy, this life's great, but oh, how much better could it be if I could? Well, that sure looks fun over there, God. Well, that ministry over there sure is doing the, well, that preacher preaches that. Well, this experience is over here. Well, this. You don't think Satan won't pull you out of the place that you've been called to for something else that on paper is good? He, he's got it. You ain't going to become a heroin addict. All right, he ain't going to be able to tempt you that way. Okay, he's got it. You're not going to cheat on your wife and go, what can I do? What can I get you to see to get you frustrated with my life? It's the same question that God asked. Who told you that you were naked? His Satan's doing the same thing. Oh, I've got to cover up. Oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm. God made it way simple. Who told you that you were missing out on something? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that your life wasn't wonderful? Who were you believing? Well, because you went through some hard times. Psalms 139.14, I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. God created you fearfully and wonderfully. God, we think about God with fear and reverence, correct? God created you with fear and thought. He was very careful. He was very respect. Whenever he thought about you and thought about your life, I want him to have a wonderful life. I care for them. As a matter of fact, God cared so much about it with us. We were the only creation that he didn't just speak into existence. What did he do? Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. God created us intently and wonderfully, and you doubt whether or not you think God wants to work all things out for your good? As a matter of fact, God didn't only breathe his life into you once, but if you've been born again, he's breathed his life back into you twice. You really doubt? You, you really question God's heart for your life? The problem is, it's, 
We know there's a wonderful life available. It's just not the life we want to pick right now. That's really it. It, it really boils down to it. God, I get it. You want to bless me. God, I get it. You want my life to be wonderful. God, I get it. Peace, joy, all the, all the great. I don't have to be anxious. I, don't have to, I can walk in power and authority, but God, what it requires for me to do that, God, that's not really the goal I want right now. See, we think that there's more than one wonderful life. Something's got us convinced. Something's got us confused. Something's got us thinking that there's more than one way to get fulfillment. Isaiah 45, 9 and 10. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it saying, Stop! You're doing it wrong. Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father, why was I born? Or say to its mother, why did you make me this way? Listen, you, we, we hear that and we, how terrible it, it, it would be. How, how the pun, and we think punishment. What I'm trying to get you to see is, what, what, look at the relationship. God has thought about you every single moment before you, you or your ancestors were ever born. God has been thinking about you from the moment that you were conceived to the time that you are right now taking breath. Fearfully and wonderfully, he made you. We want to tell the creator, well, I don't like this purpose. I don't like my capacity. I don't like that I'm not six foot ten and can't play in the NBA. That would be a much more exciting lifestyle. You with me? Romans 9, verses 20 and 21. No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one for decoration and another to throw garbage into? I didn't say it. The Word of God did. Some of us, just throw the garbage my way, I'll take care of it. Some of us are for decoration. But those of us that have a meaningful use, such as taking the garbage and disposing of it, we should know that there's a lot more use than just decoration. And we shouldn't look down on the ones that are used for decoration. And the ones that are used for decoration shouldn't look down on the ones... This is how my, this is how my creator made me. And as long as we don't get... Boy, I sure wish I was more useful. Boy, I sure wish I was more decorative. Boy, I sure wish I could speak like that. Boy, I sure wish I could play an instrument. Boy, I sure wish that I was as smart. Boy, I sure wish that I had that much money. Boy, I sure wish that I was born into a family that had a farm. That Boy, I sure wish that I could drive. Boy, I sure wish. Boy, I sure wish. You are fulfilling what God has 
called you to do, you are living a wonderful life. You're living a wonderful life. Don't, don't, don't mess anything up. And when your life begins to be more than about yourself, that's whenever we start being useful in our, in our calls. Whenever we start being able to get our life off of our, the wonderful life that we live is best when it's not lived for ourselves. That's, real, that's really when we're hitting it. When those that are for decoration are for decoration and make to reveal God's glory, wow. And when those who are used for purposes as low as taking the garbage out, boy, when the people come in, it sure don't stink because everybody's taking care of their purpose. It blesses God, and that's whenever we get what happens in Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 34 through 40. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. Whenever I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. When I was naked, you gave me clothing. When I was sick, you cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. Then these righteous ones will apply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothes? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, whenever you were living the wonderful life that I called you and created you to do it. To the least of these. To the least of these. When you did not despise someone else because they weren't like you. And you did your job. You did what you were created for. To give me glory as you lived a wonderful life. He didn't try to be somebody else. He didn't try to be somebody's else. It wasn't about where you lived or what you had or, or who you could be with. And understand, God created all those things. God created things. He created places. And he created people. So those things inherently are not evil. Because God created all three and said, these are good. But it's when we try to get it in our mind that our life isn't wonderful until I fulfill something outside of the life that God's called me to live. In closing, just like this movie, the, the wonderful life that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks is it, I want you to, to get onto this fact. It's obtainable right now. Just got to change your perspective. Just got to change your perspective. Right now, if you've been struggling with this, you don't have to wait till we get to the end to figure out how can I have one for life? You can have one right now. You don't have to wait till you're on the itch. You don't have to wait till you're pushed to that point. You don't have to wait that long. You can still be being led by God and going, wow, God, wonderful life. I'm living a wonderful life right now. But over the next few weeks as we talk about these things, I, I want you to keep this in your mind. Don't be a George Bailey. 
and understand that living an ordinary, excuse me, living the wonderful life is simply about being an ordinary creation, discovering that living each ordinary day honorably with faith in God and selfless concern for others is what makes it a wonderful life. That's it. We, we, we try so hard to make this so difficult and to make this so much harder than what God intended it to be, and that's why we live frustrated. You know, Hannah talks about the, the, one of the things that people have anxieties because of the choices. How there used to just be one ranch dressing, and now there's 80. Well, shoot, I just don't, I don't want to miss out. I don't miss out on all the different ranches. I don't want to miss out on the one that, I, that could change my life forever. And I don't want to, oh, hold on. There's one. There's just one. There's one life that you've been called to live, and it's a wonderful one. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. 2 Corinthians 5, verse six and, verses 6 and 7 says, So we are always confident, even though... We know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. The wonderful life that we live is through our belief in God. Not by seeing the things that we think will make our life wonderful. Just believe. Just believe that God has a plan for you. He's been working that out. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.